Welcome to What The If News, the show where we take on the virus, the COVID-19 virus, every week, and we say, what's new with you? Pretty it's much. really important to socialize with microorganisms. That's right. Um, That's so right. that they, so you can ask them to leave politely when it is time. That's right. You know, it isn't that we need to be six feet away from each other, really. We, need we to, just need yeah, six, six feet, feet from the virus. That's right. From the virus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah, if we get to be on good terms with them and um, get them to agree to social distancing. Call a meeting. <laughs> but it'll have to be a Zoom meeting. And I don't know <laughs> if the, I don't know if the viruses <laughs> can right. work the software, frankly. I mean, how do they click the links? Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, Gabby Panicia is here as well as Matthew Stanley. Uh, Matt is my cohort cohort. Yeah, co-host cohort. We are in a cohort of, of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, co-host of What the If, a long-running series, television's longest-running um, What the If podcast, I think. Yep. Uh, it, it, not on television and, uh, and definitely not longest-running. So a lot of fake news packed into one. Um, but anyway, we do a show, and it um, generally goes up every Friday, um, where we spend an hour um, doing thought experiments about the universe, and we learn a lot of science by kind of having fun, doing a little bit of improvised science fiction and uh, real scientific extrapolation, sometimes just by ourselves, sometimes we bring in guests. So go to whattheif.com if, if you haven't heard of that before, go check it out. But also once a week, and I, I think, you know, we really... It's time to maybe think about changing the name. We did what the if news thinking maybe we were going to do something more broad, but the virus is so dominant. And we happen to have this mm -hmm. incredible expert with us, Gabby Benicia from Rockefeller University, who is here right now. How are you, Gabby? I am good. I am staying alive tentatively right now. You know, situation's still ongoing. We'll update you as the weeks go by. <laughs> yes. Yes. You just give me an idea for a new theme song. I will look into that. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps sung by three brothers, maybe. I don't know. Right. So it'd be kind of fun, right? Um, and uh, uh, what the if? Yeah, we'll come up with a new title, I think, because it's clear that it's, it's not just any news. It's news from below. Bum, bum. <laughs> so um, speaking of from below, the, we, we are today going to focus on uh, what we do is each week we take a news story and then we, Gabby helps us get to the science behind. And um, this week, Gabby, uh, you pulled up a story. Um, let me read. I'm just going to read a little bit from the, the New York Times, and then you're going to help, as, as she does each week, Gabby's going to take us behind the news, and we're going to go behind the New York Times straight to the actual scientific article. This is from. So here was the article in the New York Times. Uh, the uh, author is Tara Parker Pope, and this is... Uh, an article called Save the Gators. <laughs> it's G-A-I-T-E-R-S. Save the Gators, exclamation mark. You, by the way, you do not see exclamation marks very often in the New York Times. That's true. So yeah. kudos to them for busting out that key on the keyboard. And here's what it says. I'll just read a little excerpt from it. There's a picture. By the way, there's a picture of somebody riding a bike. And it looks like they might be in 
I was going to say they look like they're in Central Park, but in fact, it's in Madrid <laughs> randomly because it's from Getty Images. Anyway, somebody's riding a bike. They got a bike helmet on, so good for them. And they have, instead of a regular mask, they have one of these, I guess you're calling it gaiters, a mask that also includes, it goes all the way down around his neck. And the article says, save the gaiters! <laughs> a small study prompted fears that neck gaiters could spread more virus droplets than they stop. But new research shows that those face coverings can protect just as well as other cloth masks. And Tara Parker Pope says, the author, uh, the reports of the demise of the neck gaiter have been greatly exaggerated. A gaiter is a tube of fabric worn around the neck, often to keep skiers or runners warm in cold weather. But it's also what we used to call a turtleneck, I think. Uh, not quite as thick, but same idea. But during the coronavirus pandemic, lightweight neck gaiters have been popular with runners, cyclists, and people with beards, no comment, uh -huh. because they can be pulled up to cover the nose and the mouth and used as a mask. But in recent days, there has been a backlash against the gaiter. It started after a small study from Duke University, and that's what I think Gabby's going to get into, um, demonstrated new inexpensive testing method for masks that uses lasers and phone cameras. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Where can I download the laser for my phone? Uh, but in one part of the study, a neck gator performed poorly when a person wearing a gator said the words, <laughs> quote, this is for real, stay healthy, people, five times. Stay healthy, people. Stay healthy, people. Stay healthy, people. Stay healthy, people. I don't even know how you do that. Stay healthy, people. <laughs> Good thing none of you were within COVID distance of me. During that test, this, and, and I'm not wearing a gator anyway. During that test, the scientist observed a slight increase in the number of expelled saliva particles when the person wore the gator. Uh, during the test, the scientist observed a slight increase in the number of expelled saliva particles when the person wore the gator, I guess, versus than when the wearer nor what nothing at all. However, the technique they used was not a reliable way to measure particles, and it was not a statistically meaningful finding. Hmm. Still, <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah, only outside of a scientific contest would you find that sentence followed by, still, the study's authors hypothesized that wearing a neck gaiter might cause more small droplets to spew through the fabric, not fewer. Spew, also something you don't often see in these times. <laughs> Times are changing. A wave of alarmist reports on news sites and social media quickly followed. Quote, wearing a neck gaiter could be worse than wearing no mask at all. Read a headline in the Washington Post. So I'll stop there with the New York Times taking a jab at nice. the it was such a call out. <laughs> It's like, we're going to report this totally loosely, barely scientific. We're not even sure, Gabby, you're going to help us understand article. But at least we're not the Post. So... <laughs> All right, Gabby, what's going on here? So this is really a classic case of scientists set out to test one thing and it happens in, in the process, just happen to throw out one maybe potential explanation for something that they saw during the test. And the news sort of took that and ran with it like it was the point of the entire study. So what the scientists at Duke were trying to do was develop a really simple, easy way of testing sort of just the amount of particles that are coming through a mask so that it could be done like, in workplaces to sort of tell whether or not someone who's maybe entering the workspace is wearing an appropriate mask. You know, any, any place that you might want to see whether or not the people who are coming in are actually wearing effective 
masks, not just, I don't know, cheesecloth or something like that, where you're just blasting saliva particles straight through. And, and so that was, that was really their goal. And, and if you look at their whole setup, it was basically just a, a, a dark box where someone was at one end, there was a hole cut in, and a hole cut in the other side for a, a laser to be shined through. And then they'd speak across the laser, and then that would scatter, the, the droplets that came from their mouth would scatter the light. And then the other side was a camera. So the camera would record the, the scattering, and then they had a program that would take the video and then measure the amount of, like, would, would count the droplets that it saw. And so they happened to see a lot more, well, not a lot more, just a slight amount more droplets coming from the person with the neck gaiter. But they only tested one representative sample of the neck gaiter because they weren't really testing the efficacy of different masks. They were just testing a method. So it, they you know, just sort of threw out an idea of like, maybe that's why we're seeing this from the neck gaiter. Who knows? And then lo and behold, unfortunately, someone took it, ran with it, and you get headlines like, neck gaiters offer little to no protection or, you know, <laughs> worse than wearing nothing at all. And then that's not really what they intended to, to set out and say. So unfortunately for them, they're really, I was reading a bunch of articles where the researchers are like, come back out and like, hey, that's not what we were talking about. Please ignore that one, <laughs> one sentence footnote. So I'm curious just about that one thing before we get into the, the science of the droplets and stuff. Is it cool for scientists to make these sort of, um, what do you call it, like a little bit of speculation, a little bit of commentary in the scientific paper? I mean, yeah, uh, you kind of see that a lot, at least like in, in, I've encountered it before in studies about like other stuff. And like, well, we don't see this thing where we might have expected to, but you sometimes want to talk about why you see results that you don't expect to and maybe figure out, is that a result of mm -hmm. your system? Is it a result of maybe the model system you're working with? So you see times in papers where they do address, like, maybe this is a reason why we didn't see something that we might have expected to. We'll keep looking into it. Right. Yada so, 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 so popular science journalists should know if they wanted to be more responsible, how to distinguish between the kind of commentary part of the scientific paper and the actual um, findings or? Well, I would yeah. say that this is a, yeah. It's also it's, it's a difference. It's not difficult to, to tell the difference, right? Um, yeah. If you've got some experience. Because the intent of the whole article is different from just this one sentence, the intent of just this one sentence. They, they don't even really give that much information on, like, if this was a, a test of masks, there would have been a lot of very specific information about the material in each mask, maybe where they got it from, its material makeup, like, for example, if that gator was mostly synthetic, mostly natural or whatever, what the fiber blend would have been. But in reality, it wasn't. It was really just testing this method. They had representative samples, but nothing that was really, you know, really trying to measure the full scope of masks. Uh, and taking that literally just like one sentence thing out of context of the whole paper is really irresponsible, to be honest. Right. And we should say, actually, it's in the defense of the New York, it wasn't the New York Times, for instance, that did this. They, they are reporting on the phenomenon that happened where... Um, yeah, yeah, where other people it. ran Right. Over. It's not clear who started that. So there are unscrupulous people, or who knows? Who knows well, how that... I'll, I'll say, fortunately, it did... Yeah. The misinterpretation of this did spur on another test, which is what the New York Times talks about later. And that was wow. someone doing, again, small scale, just two neck gaiters. Um, but that one was a little bit more 
controlled, I guess you can say. So for example, like the person who was saying, you know, stay healthy people a trillion times uh, into the box. Maybe he just got a drink of water. Maybe he was a little less parched when he was saying those lines. So he was a little bit, uh, a little bit wetter in the mouth than he was before. I, you know, I don't know. And, and this one sought to kind of control for stuff like that. So it, it was basically just a, a, a spray. It used a mannequin wearing the neck gaiter and they had like a spray ah. system installed in the mannequin. So it would spray through the, the gaiter. Yeah. Um, and, and they found it did block particles. It, it was still effective. It wasn't worse than wearing nothing at all. So it fortunately did prompt something that's, that, that is good and is telling people, hey, don't throw out your neck gaiter. Wear, wear something as opposed to nothing at all, basically. Yeah, actually. So, yeah, in a way, science was working even. And yeah. The communication was working. Whether the people who, want, who should be getting the right message get it, we don't know. Um, Matt, just I, I have to point out, because you have a long history with lasers. If I understand correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the fact that a laser was used, that you could spit into a laser here in this experiment, is that something, have you ever tried that? Um, In laser oriented laboratories, spitting is generally discouraged. (laughs) Um, uh, In fact, you often have to wear masks because. uh, Oh, really? um, Yeah. So uh, really intense light sources like lasers. uh, you're often focusing them into small areas, like with a lens, say. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so the slightest bit of dirt or moisture um, can absorb a huge amount of energy and you can get, um, uh, and then it bursts into flames. So <laughs> uh, like a, a stray hair um, near a high-powered laser turns into a very tiny bomb. Um, wow. So generally... It is discouraged to uh, spit near um, high-powered lasers. This, however, I should say, is not a high-powered laser. This is like ah. the, the laser that I used to play with my pets. Right? Um, oh, okay. So, oh, so we're that, talking about that. Time. Yeah, feel free to yeah. spit on the red dot laser. Yeah. Although, fortunately, the high-powered laser sounds pretty sterile. So you don't have to worry oh, well, about much. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very little infection problems. That's certainly true. Um, which is good. Uh, so what you're saying is like the opening scene of Star Wars, which is, by the way, my perpetual reference, um, is or any of those scenes where there's a laser fight, laser battle going on, very mm-hmm. sterile conditions. That's why you. That's yeah, why. That's right. That's masks. why you see so few sick people in Star Wars. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Except for that Darth Vader guy, he he had a bad. Well, situation. this is the problem. This is the problem with the Sith generally. I think is that they're not known for their. That's right. Cleanliness. It's not known, not well known that the word sick comes from Sith. Mm-hmm. Right. There's more fake news for you. So, um, Gabby, now you were mentioning that uh, you were seeing, uh, you went on a, um, you took one for the team and you went online and you began to fight back against uh, bad masks. Yeah, this was, this was my, uh, my fixation for like two hours on a weekend because uh, I, I didn't know that this was a thing. So I'm sure you've, you know, whoever's listening has probably encountered the people that are, especially in the U.S., that are like, it is an infringement of my constitutional rights that, you know, you can't make me wear a mask to go and get Starbucks or something. And there are a bunch of people on Etsy who are making these essentially fake masks that are literally just like mesh. I encountered one that was crocheted and let me just tell you, it was, it, it was exactly like you would expect it. It was like a doily. 
basically. <laughs> and they're doing it deliberately to so that they're technically compliant with the law but can't actually be stopped. And it is the most frustrating, selfish, just nonsense. What do you mean by that? That's, that complying with the law technically? What? So there are some places where, you know, you're required to, like, I think, isn't it New York? Isn't it a law or like a mandate mm -hmm. that yeah. you have to, when, oh, if you oh, go you have into to a wear business, a mask. Yeah, you yeah. have to wear a mask. Right. So they are technically wearing a mask, but by the fact that it's completely not protective in the slightest, that's like their middle finger to everyone else around them of, yeah, I won't do what you tell me. And I basically just got sucked into like spending two hours just going through all of them and just reporting them on Etsy because they have like a, they have like a terms and conditions. It's like unsafe materials or something like that. And yeah. I'm like, yep, that's unsafe. It's just the, the entitlement some people feel is really, really bonkers to me. I, I'm sorry. I could rant about this but for How many hours. do you think there were? That you, and, um, and, and, and when you stopped, were there, was it like, uh, yeah, oh, there were so many more. There's wow. so many more. And, and it's like some stuff you could tell is clearly for costumes where it's like, all right, that's it's different. But yeah. mm -hmm. there's plenty of things where people like, you know, if someone's username on Etsy is fake masks, I kind of know <laughs> what they're going for. It's a giveaway. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an intent thing there. Uh, and honestly, it just I could have kept scrolling for another hour or something like that. I, there was wow. so many more of them. And it's it's feels like cutting heads off the Hydra. That, mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't the only one doing it. That was sort of why I got sucked into it. I, I found someone talking about, you know, hey, these these things exist. And I, it's not like I normally go on Etsy looking for stuff like that. So I, I wouldn't know it was out there. And I was like, yep, righteous anger. I'm going to spend my next two hours doing this because I, I don't have anything else to do right now. And yeah. I and I, I give you credit because I would quickly be swayed off into buying tchotchkes. You would just come home with a sack full of fake masks. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah the family. Well, it's R2D2. I mean, come on. You got to have. By the way, for graphic designers, just a, just a suggestion graphic designers who are making cool uh, masks with designs on them, I think the best designs are the ones where it goes on a little bit on the side or something. Not right. Some of them, they just look really creepy, you know, when it looks like <laughs> you have Darth Vader in your mouth. Got it. It's very strange. Very strange. Um, uh, Matt, have you seen? Uh, we we aren't really seeing this in New York, but anyway, do you have any any experience with this situation? Um, um, and do you think I've, it would be I worth? Say, I've seen people getting angry at other folks for wearing the gators. Um, oh, actually, wow. so it's the, that um, that bit of misinformation has been very thoroughly disseminated. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, New Yorkers will generally. Um, police each other on this sort of thing, right? We're a fairly yeah. opinionated bunch. And um, if uh, people think someone else is doing something wrong, they'll let them know. Yeah. I got to say, my favorite one, and I suggest if anyone who hasn't seen this clip of Governor Cuomo, the governor of New York State, um, uh, doing this one particular thing where he, he demonstrates the mask. And I think it's, it's from the press conference, whatever, where he was explaining what's required. So he's wearing, you know, he's got a regular mask. He puts it on his face. You know, he wears it properly and he says, this is a mask. And then he pulls it down onto his chin, as you see many, many people. And he says, and I really, I do need to adopt his accent. He says, this is a chin guard. This is a mask. This is a chin guard. 
Nobody's telling you to wear a chin guard. Wear a mask. <laughs> so, exactly. You know. Um, and, and the problem with the gators is that they think that it's not sanitary. Well, there, there really is no problem with the gators. It's sort of the underlying thing. There, there really doesn't seem right. to be any actual issue. It's this, this, this one study was misinterpreted to mean that they weren't effective in stopping the particles. And actually, you're endangering other people by wearing the gaiters, which is not really supported at all. And also was not really their conclusion. Their conclusion was just, hey, let's build this testing thing. So, yeah. I mean, it's great, if anything, that, I mean, I don't want to say it's great that New Yorkers are yelling at people wearing gaiters, but at least New Yorkers are policing people. <laughs> yeah. As yeah, opposed to true. other places yeah. where there's sort of a much more ingrained politeness of, you know, don't tell other people what to do. And then you have all these numpties cutting holes through the center of their masks or not yes. wearing them or. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you do it out of ignorance, that's one thing. But it, the, the people who are doing it intentionally is bizarre to me. I got to say, uh, and then we'll wrap up, but I do find it amazing here. Like, you know, when I work, walk around Brooklyn, my zone, uh, I see people wearing masks all the time. Even, frankly, you know, I could walk down the street and there's the street is there's hardly anyone on the street. And so we're very far mm -hmm. apart. And people are just walking around just normally wearing the mask. They're probably used to it by now. Um, and technically that isn't really necessary at all. Right. I mean, the mask is for when you can't be, um, six feet or more away from. Yeah. And, and it is, it is kind of funny. I, I have a story a little bit of, I guess, about the culture clash of that. Oh, a while ago, like months ago now, I went and saw my parents and they were in their house in Delaware and we were just going on a walk through, through the neighborhood and instantly I like masked up. Mm. We were walking for 20 minutes and didn't see a single person. And my mom's like, you know, you could take that off. And I was like, oh my God, I could. Just, <laughs> you know, in New York, you can't walk five steps, like at least where I am in Manhattan, you can't walk five oh. steps without walking into another person. Mm -hmm, so right. if you have your mask on, basically at any point in time, you're less than six feet another, away from another person and you're basically being a douche. So it's, I, I, I'm just so in, ingrained, you go outside, you have your mask on all the time. That when I was out in the middle of nowhere, I was like, oh my God, I'm already socially distant. Yeah, I don't need the mask. Yeah. Oh, so that's interesting. You're saying actually, in like in your neighborhood, there it's still, um, even though there aren't as many people coming to work or whatever, but the area is so dense. You're still when you walk down the street, there's lots of people. Yeah, around it. Yeah, interesting. Because we're very lucky. We have an our street in particular happened to live on a street that has been closed off for pedestrians. Um, oh, yeah. Called the Open Streets Program or something, which came from Oakland, California, I think. Then the, the mayor, De Blasio here, adopted it, and it is a, it's fantastic. Basically, we live on now like this you know, mile long promenade. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but it really does make a difference because there is so much more room to uh, spread out. So, um, all right. So, and uh, uh, last week, um, Gabby, we had, we, uh, we ended on a cliffhanger as to um, what was going to happen at your particular lab where somebody tested positive, but so far nothing. Yeah. The, the rest of us, like 30, 40 people have tested negative. So we are good. Woohoo. Good. Uh, yeah. We are not plague ridden. Not plague ridden. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we will see you all uh, next week in between. Do write us uh, what the if dot com. You can just go right there and, and on the right side uh, type us a comment or you can email us feedback at what the if dot com or you can find us on Twitter at what the if show. Um, I want to give a, a, a special shout out to two of uh, two interns that we have had who have 
they are they both graduated. Is that right, Matt? Um, no, Ilya's still uh, still going. Still going. So Ilya Jung, uh, who was with us, and uh, and Howard Jung, who both work with us, unrelated to each other, <laughs> probably related to other people, um, but they have both been on a on a wonderful pursuit of knowledge and are getting their degrees at New York University and are each. Uh, Move. Howard's going to be with us for a little bit longer, we think. But uh, anyway, uh, um, I just wanted to give a special. Th- they they've been doing all kinds of stuff. If you've seen tweets from us, if you've seen stuff on Facebook from us, um, if you've been appreciating as you should, and you should go check out on our website whattheif.com, Every episode, there's a whole bunch more uh, additional material about the topic of each episode, um, and that's largely provided to us by Ilya. Yeah, and uh, their heroic and, efforts. Yeah, it's really wonderful. And while I'm at it, a special also shout out to uh, our editor, Kyle Crichton, who um, gets these things on the air, does some sound mixing, uh, some sound editing, and also does the cover art and writes the descriptions and all that kind of stuff. So that's right. Um, yeoman's work, everyone. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And a special thank you to you, Gabby, as well as always, Gabby Panicia from Rockefeller University. And people can go to, is it uh, rock.edu? I think it's some... rock edu and then the dot is after that. Uh, but basically you can just Google Rockefeller rock edu. That's the science outreach program at Rockefeller that does some really awesome work. And on there they have some stuff about coronavirus and also some really neat, you know, science experiments you can do at home, whether by yourself or with kids uh, oh, to cool. make science a lot more engaging and also stuff that you can actually uh, do in your own home since more of us are spending more time there than anywhere else. Yeah. You know what you just reminded me, just with kids, uh, I'll put one call out. I would love to start getting, I was mentioning this, I think, to Matt at one point. I'd love to start getting questions from kids. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Of whatever age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you consider yourself a kid, I think it would be great to answer. And I know there's a lot of, uh, as Matt can attest to, I know, um, a lot of parents uh, homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, if oh, you yeah. gave your, did you, did, now if you're homeschooling, did you give their kids summer vacation or is it like, no, no? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Right. Technically, they could be on summer vacation, but they're about to go back um, either to a school or just sit down at home in front of mom and dad and, and uh, get help on the online. So send in your questions. I'd love to, to, to hear, what, hear what kids are saying, by the way, their perspective, and also just you know, answer any questions. We'd love to. I know Gabby would have fun. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you all. Um, tune in uh, to your podcast feed for the what the if uh, regular show which comes up later this week and again we'll be back next week with what the if news